Today we begin a new sermon series, a new sermon series entitled Greater. And for a while now, I've been wanting to work on a series called Greater Than. But I was praying to the Lord in the past couple of weeks, and I asked him, like, where, what is it that you want for our church? What is it that you want for one life? Where can we meet you, Lord? How can we prepare our hearts to receive you in 2022? And the word that he was just putting on my heart was greater, greater. And today I want to talk to you specifically about a greater relationship. We shouldn't be afraid I know there are theologians out there. Maybe they preach better than me. Maybe they know more Bible than I do. But sometimes we need to go back to the basics. We can't forget about the basics and the foundation of our faith, especially as a growing church. We have people who aren't, let's say, as theologically savvy, haven't been maturing in the faith like others of us have. And so we can't forget the basics. So today I want to talk about a greater relationship. Some of you have sent me messages and even posts about your desire this year to commit, right? This year, you really just want to say, God, you deserve all of me. And that is what I want to give to you. And so we start today, the 2nd of January. Anybody given up on their resolutions yet? No? I know sometimes they last about 24, 48 hours. I hope not. But in this year, I want our vision and our direction as a church to be greater. Let's go for greater. These next few weeks, we'll be talking about different portions of the things that we should look for increase, expectations that we should have together collectively as a church. But although we have the expectation collectively, it takes individual effort. And one of those favorite words that I just shared, intention. Right, Because many of us say, you know what, in this year, I'm going to drop a solid 20 pounds, 5 pounds, 3 pounds, 80 pounds, 100 pounds. But the minute it starts getting, the weights start getting heavier and heavier, that's when, and our intention isn't lined up with our desire, right? Intention lined up with desire is when we're like, you know what, it's too heavy. And the same thing happens with the relationship with God. The closer you draw to that cross, the heavier your brokenness feels. And when you realize that you're carrying so much that you're unwilling to allow God to help you carry or carry for you, what do you say? Hey, you know what, God, a relationship and accountability with you is too much. I'm going to leave that here. That resolution to draw nearer to you, I'm just going to leave here. It's too heavy for me to carry. But I invite you guys to have intention for greater relationship with God in 2022, but for the rest of your lives. When you learn to make God part of your day-to-day, even when you stumble and fall, because you're in relationship, it becomes easier to get up. And as the Bible says, you dust yourself off and you keep walking. You guys, some of you may have thought that Jay-Z came up with those words. He did not. It is in scripture to dust yourself off and keep walking. Let's go to our Bibles. No one says it better than the word of the Lord. And if you'll join me in the New Testament, Galatians, and for those of you who are here, there is a Bible under your chair. 
if you need. And if you don't have a Bible, please take it with you. Uh, it is our gift to you. And for those of you who are more technological, it's actually on the screen. Thank you, Mariah and tech team. So you can just look up and share in scripture with me. We're in Galatians, Galatians chapter 1, verse 3. Again, Galatians chapter 1, verse 3. And it reads like this. It says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What a greeting, right? I'm going to read that again just because it makes me happy. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Can we all say amen? Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. That's a lowercase g. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Verse 9 says, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Verse 10 says, for, I, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Many of us are offended by that word servant. But when we refer to Jesus Christ and God our Father as Lord, we are saying master. That's what Lord means, master. This portion of scripture is mainly about keeping the faith. Paul has planted many churches. And here we read the words that he is writing to the churches of Galatia. Like in many other parts of Paul's story, there is exhortation that he has here for the church. These are words both of encouragement, but also words of warning. And the same thing happens to us today. Encouragement, why? Because Paul is a church planter, an apostle, one who is sent out. So these are words of encouragement. He desires the best for these churches that he had a hand in planting. That was the greatest ministry that Paul had, that he went out to all the world and established ministries, established Christians and believers and developed churches. And so he's speaking to one of these churches that he had planted. But it's also a word of warning because the churches were under attack. They were under attack from theologies and gospels. I put those in quotations in their lowercase g. Theologies and gospels that were being taught by false teachers. Perhaps you've heard me speak a number of times about false teachers. And it's something that even we, we see even here in the beginning, the start of the Christian church globally and on earth, that we would know that among the good, there were some false teachers. So Paul here begins by establishing the heart behind this letter. It was a heart of grace, but also authority. Look at how he starts in verse 3. Authority where? Authority under the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, as he, as he mentions 
in this verse three. He then reminds the people under which authority he operates. He says in verse four, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. Today, again, I invite you, friends, who are watching me, I invite you into a deeper relationship with God. Why? Because he is who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. The Galatians lived through an evil age. And guess what? If you step back and think about it in the spirit of righteousness, we also are living through an evil age. I'm watching TV with my family this past weekend, you know, as many of you probably finding things to do in all this time off, right? I hope you, some of you had at least Friday off to just hang out with your families. And you know that gap between Christmas and New Year's? I saw a meme that said, hey, you don't even know what day it is. Like in that gap, we found some time just to rest with the family, sit back, watch TV, watch some movies with the kids. And I'm realizing that as we're exploring some things to watch, I can't even find something wholesome to watch with my family. And a friend of mine shared with me that her and her husband find ways to screen movies before showing the movies to their children because there's so many things that like aren't even obvious. And in conversation with one of our elders, actually it was yesterday, he said like, um, it's hard for us to pick up on these subtle things that only adults will pick up, but they're like in these children's movies. So we too, in a weird technological way, are living in an evil age. And that's what the Galatians are experiencing here. So it's not enough to say that we're Christians or to celebrate holidays or to give gifts on Christmas or to be in the church for special events, because that's how some people count their and qualify their Christianity. Now, God alone is the one who sanctifies us, right? But we need to be more than CEO Christians. You're going to ask yourself what CEO means, and it's Christmas and Easter-only Christians. And if you need a reference for that, Tom Rayner, in the book called I Am a Church Member, speaks and refers to the CEO Christians, Christians and Easter only. Anybody a Christmas and Easter only Christian? Some of us came from different expressions of faith where the church taught us that as long as you were present on these high holy days, think about, I mean, just think about that reference, a high holy day. Like how is a day made holier than others? If we walk with the Lord daily, every day is holy. So the, the goal is not just to say or be able to say, hey, listen, I am a Christian. I was at church on Christmas Eve, and I lit my candle so God knows my heart. I read something else the other day also on social media that said, God doesn't judge, and so you shouldn't either, or neither should you. And these things, and I say this lovingly, this is an exhortation to the church in loving grace. We need to be Christians in our hearts. And when we're believers in our hearts, that brings about 
life change. When you say yes to Jesus, your life is evident of the presence of the Holy Spirit. You no longer walk the same. And we've been saying this for weeks. We as believers, we don't anger the same way. We don't grieve the same way. We don't get frustrated the same way. We struggle, yes, because we're human, but we always do so with hope. That's relationship. I am a child. I am someone's son. I have a mother and I have a father by God's grace. And at some point, you had a mother and a father if they're not with you now. And there were times where you had tensions with them, like me and my five-year-old. And this morning before I leave home, and I know she's on now, and baby, thank you, because I told her, I want you at church at 11 o'clock, and if mommy tells, you, tells me that you didn't sign on, you're going to be in trouble. And of course, and that's my daughter there who's laughing. So there's tensions when there's a parent, but tension is evidence of relationship because there's tensions in relationships. Jesus isn't looking for those who will adorn him on holidays like Christmas trees. He seeks those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Is your Christianity greater than the Christmas tree in your living room? Think about how careful we are to adorn our trees. And we post our pictures and we get excited and we send out the holiday cards, plaid, of course. <laughs> did, did we miss that one? Plaid, any Christmas plaid? No, okay. So, but how careful we are to make sure that although there aren't that many people, especially now with COVID, that many people in our homes that we adorn this tree as beautifully as we can, with intention to make it look beautiful. Do we do that with the Father? To adorn him with our worship that is so intentional. This is not what Christ seeks. He doesn't seek the CEO Christian. He died for the CEO Christian, which is this overwhelming and Easily misunderstood love and extravagant love like we shared, that Jesus shared, that he would die for people who would look at him just like a temporary holiday. That's grace and that's, that's love. He's in, he is, though, disinterested in holiday visitations. He wants a relationship and we should desire to cultivate this greater relationship with him. When? Not on Sundays, but daily. I have some headphones here. I know it's 2022. Headphones are getting smaller and smaller, so it took me a little bit to find these, right? But I'm 35 years old, so when I grew up, we still had big headphones, and we had Discman. I also used a Walkman. And do you remember, like, if you would walk too hard, the CD would skip? And people would try to run with Discman, but it's not going to work. It would keep skipping. Old, old. My wife said old, old. That's not true. <laughs> but think about headphones. We use headphones so that we could hear what? 
better because if we just had it playing on a speaker on the disc man, we wouldn't really be able to enjoy what was being played. Our relationship with the father is a pair of headphones. The issue I see as a pastor, a shepherd in the kingdom of God is that many of us want to hear God's voice without plugging into him. And we assume that we can just come to church, hear God's voice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but only plug in on Sunday. How is it that that's going to work? Because I don't know about you, I need Jesus on a Monday. I don't know about you, but I need him on a Wednesday and a Thursday. But many of us have grown accustomed to just plugging in on a Sunday. And that's where I share and teach you guys that this is more than a Sunday. This is more than just a song. If you say that you are a Christian and that you believe in Jesus Christ, this is about your relationship with him. Janelle said, we need God even when we're doing homework with the kids. Yes, sir. Are you plugged in daily? Or do you just wear your headphones, right? Because that's what it looks like. We call ourselves Christians. If headphones are my Christianity, this is me on a Monday. And this is me on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday. But the truth is that I'm not plugged in. So what is this doing? Now, God's grace is much greater than unplugged headphones. And I'm grateful for that. Don't misunderstand my illustration. Because God's amazing grace is much greater than even our inability to commit to him daily for this intentional relationship. Last week, Marlon spoke about the Apostle Paul teaching us how to preach in our faith before others. Paul inviting us to be ready to reprove, to rebuke, and to exhort. And as the pastor of this house, this is what I desire to do this morning. In verse 6, it says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Jesus Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. These are the frustrations that many of us as pastors experience. Because of the urgency that we have for the gospel, but also for the ministry of Jesus. And the ministry of Jesus includes his people. Amen. But I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ. When we read this, when I read this, and I hope that when you read this, you're affected in this very same way. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him. I've sat with many of you in council. And I've done one-on-ones with you, and you've come to me in times of dire need, spiritually, emotionally, something that you're in need of in your life. But what I've realized is that working with people, we're faithful when we need something, but we're weak when we don't. Because we don't realize the things that we really need that are way more important. I need salvation. I need saving because I can't do that for myself. And I need that every day of my life. I am a broken vessel. If I am not plugged into the Father daily, I lean towards brokenness. I don't lead towards righteousness. I may, I may be by myself. I may be by myself. 
If I'm not plugged into the Father and His grace, I am susceptible to lean towards brokenness, not righteousness. It's the Holy Spirit who walks us and convicts us towards that good and righteous way day after day after day. Can we be honest to admit that in our lives, though? Because I feel like, especially when we're trying to prove our Christianity, we do so by talking about how good we are. But when you listen to the words of Paul in Scripture, you realize that he's often saying, I'm broken. I'm broken. I need help. I needed saving. And so Jesus was sent. Jesus brought himself down to my level on earth to be hung up on a tree. Can we admit that today? Because relationship has sincerity and authenticity, right? I know the church isn't perfect, but you're here for Christ. I know people are messy, but you're here for Christ. I know there are hypocrites all around us, perhaps even in the church, but we're here because of Christ. I know that it's hard to walk with Jesus alone, but have you introduced yourself to the Savior that walks beside you? Because he promised to never leave us nor forsake us. He's with us, but we haven't turned to him. I know the world seems better, or maybe the world seems more glamorous, but have you forgotten what Christ has freed you from? We say yes to Jesus. Saying yes to Jesus means and brings life change, but we're so used to the broken us that we go back to where he pulled us from. The way you know that you are living in Christ and have the activity and motion and movement of the Holy Spirit inside of you is because you're not the same today than you were yesterday. Because if I looked at my life yesterday, Isaac Badaraco, me, the pastor here at One Life, if I looked at my life yesterday, I would never have said that I would be standing here preaching the gospel. The presence of Jesus Christ has to bring change to your life. It's a non-negotiable. Because when the Holy Spirit moves in, everything gets out the way. Even the things that we thought were good, he has to move out of the way to make space for something better. Friends, yes, there's life change. And yes, it may seem less sparkly, but it's way better than what you have today. Because you may have nice things right now. And I'm not saying nice things are bad. I'm not. I got this new shirt this week. It's okay to have something nice. But life is about so much more, and life is but a moment. We're talking about an eternity. Is your heart ready for eternity? Has your heart said yes to Jesus? Does your life, think about, right, and this is no judgment, or maybe it is a little bit, but righteous judgment. Think about your last couple of days and holidays. How do your holidays look now that you have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in your heart. Is it the same as when you were lost? That's a good way to measure. Like, let me measure where I am with the Lord Jesus. Today, what, is, what does my life look like in comparison to when I was, like in my case, when I was in college? I'll tell you what, way different. And not just because I have my kids, but because the things that I used to enjoy in the world, I no longer find pleasurable. It's not sweet to my taste anymore. And that's what the presence of the Holy Spirit does. 
So the more we're plugged in, right, the headphone illustration, the more we're plugged in. And this is what a friend of mine, Dr. David, David Daisley, who some of you met at our anxiety conference a, a few weeks ago, not a conference with anxiety, but about anxiety, um, which is ang anxious to me to put together. But Dr. Daisley said this to me the other day on the phone. He says, many of us don't want to plug in, but we want the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we see these expressions, and this is not to go against these types of expressions, but I grew up in the Pentecostal church, Pentecostal fire. If the pastor wasn't screaming, and I know I'm screaming a little bit, but it's because I'm excited, not because I think it's going to affect you any better. I grew up in that Pentecostal fire expression of church. I don't know if anybody else has. That's not the point of what I'm sharing. But for me, what I was being taught, what I was being discipled into believing was that you had a better relationship with God if the pastor was able to walk up to you and you were laid out on the floor. That somehow that made you holier than the other person. If you could automatically go into speaking in tongues that you were a better Christian than the person next to you who wasn't speaking in tongues. That's the way that they were showing us that was the proof of our faith but that's unhealthy because God is working inside of people in different ways. He's moving in different ways. The giftings are different from person to person. The expressions are different from person to person. But we, what we do see in the book of Acts is that when the Holy Spirit came upon God's people, what was there? There was power. So today we don't see power in the church like these early believers saw because the relationship was different. I was watching a movie last night with my family, Paul, the apostle of Christ. And they're going through Luke, hearing from Paul about Paul's story in mission. And I'm watching this. I'm hearing it, actually. I'm hearing it more than I'm watching it. And I'm just listening to these biblical accounts of the life of Paul. And so much of it was him being able to do things because of the Holy Spirit that today we're not seeing as much. The healing of people, the raising of the dead, the heal, like we read uh, in Bible study, the healing of every affliction and disease in Matthew chapter 9 and Matthew chapter 10. And I'm sitting there, I'm cutting my father's hair, and I ask my mom, I look to my mom and I say, you know what I realize? What's even more impressive about the miracles that we see in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles and the Holy Spirit, is that these men and women of God didn't have access to this for their bad days. Are you like me that when you're having a bad day, you go to your Bible and your Bible just fills you up with so much hope? I have bad days and the only thing that makes me feel better is a smile from my family, but God's word also. But what did these apostles do when they were traveling these thousands of miles without the scrolls and without this book? It had to be the Holy Spirit. But today, we lack power because we lack relationship. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. The best way to know whether or not what you are hearing and what is being taught is sound doctrine. Even right now, as I'm sharing with you, the best way for you to know that what you're hearing, podcasts, online church, 
whatever you're listening to, even Christian songs. Isaac, how do I know that what I'm listening to or that the preacher, what they're preaching is sound doctrine? You know how? Because of your relationship with God. Your relationship with God produces an active spirit, the Holy Spirit within you. And he, the Holy Spirit, will let you know. That is your filter. Have you ever listened to somebody preach something that made you feel like, ooh, I don't, I don't know about that. And maybe it's been me. That's fair. Right? I'm only a man. But this is the filter that God has given us, the comforter that he's given us, the Holy Spirit. In verse 7 of Galatians 1, Paul reminds the church that though there are others to claim who claim to preach the gospel, they are not teaching the gospel because the gospel is what? It's only one. The gospel is only one, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Greater relationship with God requires what I said before, genuineness and authenticity. In John chapter 15, verse 7, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Does anybody else see a contingency there? Well, what's the first word of this verse? It says, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. So when I hear people refer to this portion of scripture, I've often seen them use this portion of scripture for the provision of God, right? Because we see the ask whatever you wish, but we miss the if you abide in me. Did that go over our heads? So we like to, we like to read that second half though, especially now that it's Christmas, ask for whatever you wish. Friends, he is not Santa Claus. And before it's the ask, right? Because they could have written it, ask whatever you wish, and if you, no, no, it says first, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. How do we have words abide in us? First of all, the word was made flesh through Jesus Christ. So it's the presence of Christ Jesus within us and his Holy Spirit. If you abide in me, how, Lord, can I abide in you? I don't have my own produced Holy Spirit to put inside of you. So how do I, I abide in you? Again, relationship, the seeking, the looking after the Lord. I know I have a hundred things to do, but this is the time that I set aside for you. I'm reading a book right now by H.B. Charles, and it's a kind of like a manual for preachers. And I'm, I'm in the chapter where it's talking about how to prep and pray for your sermons. And it's an encouragement because what H.B. Charles is saying is that especially as a pastor, you're so focused on ministry that you forget your own time to pray and study for yourself. And many of us pastors will say, hey, I'm spending time with God by reading Galatians verse 3 to verse 10, not realizing that I'm only reading to produce God's word for that week. But what does that mean for me? What am I eating for myself? So it's not just to prep and to preach, but also to feed within. For those of you who are longing for ministry in your lives at some point, you need to make the time to pray and prep for yourself. God's relationship, a relationship with God requires genuineness 
and authenticity. If you can write that down, maybe it's something you can put on your refrigerator this year. The first, a relationship with God brings me power and brings me power. And it's not this usurped power, right? It's not this wanting to be as big as God. No, no, no. This is God's power within you. Greater relationship with God brings me power. Second, greater relationship with God means my genuineness and my authenticity. It means me abiding in him and him abiding in me. I'm reminded of the story of Jacob when he refused to let the angel go until he was blessed. Have you ever read that story? Are you wrestling with God for anything in this season? That's a question for you. Are you wrestling with God for anything in your life right now? But also the follow-up question to that is, are you abiding in him and him in you? A greater relationship with God brings wisdom. That's huge. For this year, as we stretch for greater, you're going to need wisdom on how to do that. You may not have it, but he does. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17 says, I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently find me. If we just read that alone, we think it's what? God's saying, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. But you know what the wise King Solomon is speaking about here? He's speaking about wisdom. Wisdom, I love those who love me. And those who seek me, those who seek wisdom will find me. And that key word there, diligently. And if we have a relationship with Jesus, then we receive his wisdom. Those who seek wisdom diligently find it, but it's important to know that the heart of all wisdom is Jesus. Do you desire wisdom in your life? If you desire wisdom, you must desire a greater relationship with Jesus and a wisdom that's applicable to all areas of our lives. In verse 10, as we close up that Original portion of Galatians chapter 1, verse 10 says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. There is so much there, but let me give you what I believe is for us here. Isaac, how can I ensure that I am not swindled by false teachers like the churches of Galatia? I'm glad you asked. You keep the enemy at bay with a greater relationship with God. And I've said that over and over again today because that's the answer. Isaac, how do I stay committed to God by creating a relationship? Many of us desire to be in a relationship or are in a relationship or have been in a relationship. It takes work. There's tensions. Relationships don't work if you don't have wisdom. Relationships don't work if you don't have intention or authenticity or genuineness in a relationship that's good even from person to person interpersonal relationships that are healthy are powerful you can get things accomplished the same thing with the father the more you seek his voice the more you know his voice the less you pay attention to the noise let me repeat that the more you seek his voice, the more you know his voice. And why do I need to know his voice? Because sometimes we walk like today in a fog. But I'll tell you what, 
if I ever find myself in a smoky house, like I did when I was little, and among that smoke, my father says, Isaac, come to me, come to me, come to me, I'll know it's my dad, my earthly father. And the same thing for our lives. Sometimes our lives are up in smoke. Do you know his voice? When he calls you to him to save you from the fire, do you know his voice? The more you seek his voice, the more you know his voice, the less you pay attention to the noise, even when it's people claiming to be preaching the gospel. I, I, need, I need that to hit you. And I always make reference to those three o'clock preachers, three o'clock in the morning preachers on TV, yelling and the nonsense, and the $130 for a prayer cloak that came straight from Israel, and the special olive oil from the, no, garbage. I don't have a nicer way to say it, friends. It's garbage. You want a relationship with God, here it is. Hello. And you know, at this church, we'll give it to you for free. Every Sunday, I haven't seen one person take it yet. If you need a Bible, you better take one of these Bibles. We have boxes of them in the, in the basement. That's the power we need. This is where we begin our relationship. Can you close your eyes with me at home? Oh, here too. Barbara, I love it. For those of you who don't know, Barbara's here to my left, if you can see her. I told her, one of the things I miss about in-person services are your comments while I'm preaching. Please continue to speak while I preach. <laughs> So she just said, why not here? So all of us, let's close our eyes. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. The second half of verse 10 is what I love. And if you'll just hear me while you have your eyes closed, it says, or am I trying to please man? Ah, so many of the things that we do is to please other people. Even faith-wise, we're worried about the next church and the other church and the person who might not like it. Oh, they're not going to like my singing. And the, All of what we do in faith is for the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we do is worship. Do we do it for man? Because then Paul says, if I were still trying to please man, trust me, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. So what is that telling us? That being a servant of Christ is a heavy, heavy, heavy job. In the relationship with Jesus Christ, we may be beat, not by God, but by the world. God is going to correct us. He's going to rebuke us. He's going to exhort us. But the world may take a disliking to you. Are you willing to have a relationship with God even when the world hates you? I hope you do. I hope you're willing to still stretch for more this year, to stretch for greater in 2022, even if the world dislikes it. Let's pray. Mm -hmm.